0: Good day,
1: mate. Yara from Aotearoa.
0: Magandang araw mga beshi.
1: This is Finding Answers with JR and Tina. Hi, Tina. Kamusta?
0: Hi, JR, good. How are you?
1: Good. Good. It's so cold here. It's already winter. How about in Melbourne?
0: It's already winter. It's just autumn here. But it feels like winter for my tropical body. But people have been saying that it's not even cold yet. So, I don't know how I'm going to cope. But yeah, um, I'm okay here. I'm just trying to make the most out of you know the lockdown. Although, we're not that in um, 100% lockdown anymore, but just trying to enjoy all the you know, silver linings of doing this uh, um, COVID lockdown. So maybe as an icebreaker, we could uh, discuss about amazing things that we could do while we're doing the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I think what I'm enjoying most is You know all the free premium stuff online. So what I'm, what I mean by that is all the free courses. You know universities are offering, um, programs and courses that where you could get um, certifications from. Right. And even like Fender Guitar is Mm -hmm. giving free courses for like free guitar lessons, which Mm -hmm. is amazing because you know. You can't really have that pre-COVID, yeah. uh, for free.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then I think the other day I was just watching this uh, free concert, uh, free musicals like mm-hmm. Buling Albimbo, like last yes. last week. Yeah, I watched that as well. Nice, because I, I didn't see it before, and then finally online I was able to watch the entire thing, which is amazing.
1: Hmm. Um. Wait, have you been? learning to play guitar ever since? Or like just recently?
0: Yeah, just touching up on it because I started learning guitar while we were in Gabay while waiting yeah, yeah, for my yeah. next, cla- next class in the Gabay room. So mm. people in Gabay would teach me. Gabay sure. is our org, by the way, college org. So people mm. in our org room would teach me how to play guitar the basics of it. Mm. Um, but I stopped playing for a long time. And now that yeah. I saw that Fender has pre-class, then... Yeah, I just decided to go back on it. It's just pretty fun.
1: Revisiting the skills and trying to Revisiting. build up on it again. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of um, free concert shows, I also enjoy that. Um, the other day, I watched the film concert show of Ben Platt. It's available on Netflix. I think I mentioned mm. him a couple of episodes ago. So. If you have some free time, um, check that out. And earlier today, I watched um, Sarah Bareilles' recorded um, concert. It's also available in YouTube, I think, for um, a limited amount of time. So I'm also a fan of Sarah, and I watched her concert in in Nashville when I went there last year. So
0: yeah. Uh,
1: my favorite songs? songs of her are um, Brave and Gravity. So but I wouldn't mm. do a sample okay. otherwise we might lose some listeners. So. <laughs> anyway, um, do you know what's the topic for this episode is?
0: Yeah, I pretty much know. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I think um, the topic is all about you know how the house we continue with the house. Yeah, um, last week we talked about you know how to become a student here in Australia, yeah, but. Now, today, we are talking about another how-to, which is how yeah. to move and settle into a new city, especially in Australia and New Zealand. <laughs>
1: yes, and we'll talk about what needs to be prepared and done in transitioning your life from your old place or your old country to your new city. And what's the format of this episode, Tina?
0: Yeah, well, last week we had so much fun with um, having friends over in our podcast. So now we're doing that again. We have a guest joining us in this episode. Um, and this is actually a two-part episode because the first one is more on, you know, the focus would be more on the working people moving yes. into a new city. Yeah. But the second part would be, um, how, to, uh, as a student, how to transition into a new city. So we'll be getting right. two people next week. Um, just to talk about
1: exactly that. Yeah. But for the focus of this episode, we're actually going international. So we're international. both overseas Filipino workers and we're actually inviting someone from other parts of the of the world. Okay. Are you going to say oh, something? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nah, I was just saying that four, four episodes in and we're going international. Exactly.
1: Oh so it's not just Oceania. Yeah? It's like going Beyond that, so our guest for this episode is a professional and a social contact of mine. Actually, primarily she's my workmate, although we belong to different companies. Um, well, technically, I'm—we are their clients, but for now, I'm connecting with her as a friend and as i've mentioned hailing all the way from argentina and now based in melbourne so you guys should meet sometime maybe after this recording Definitely. she is a regional account manager for avature which is an applicant tracking system and a candidate relationship management software ladies and gentlemen let's all welcome do you have a drum roll sound effect <laughs> Paula lizardo Hey! Yeah,
2: I'm here. Yeah. How are <laughs> you? Yes, thanks. Well, thanks for inviting me. How are and you? How are thanks you? Thanks
1: for being us with us on this episode. Um, it's been a while since we actually personally saw each other, right? I mean, we meet every once in a while virtually, which is the new normal now. But when was the last time we met? I think that's when we watched Harry Potter in Melbourne, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, you convinced me actually to go on and watch Harry Potter and it was very good and I took you uh, to, to actually eat some dumplings yes. in a very cheap place nearby. <laughs> so we actually went to a Chinese place in Chinatown to eat cheap dumplings and they were amazing.
1: Right, so for the benefit of everyone listening and is going to watch Harry Potter in the Cursed Child in Mer- Melbourne, ideally you going to watch parts one and two back to back. So there's actually two full plays. So, before going to part 2, there's like a break, like 30 minutes to 1 hour. So you get to go out and do that. And then what we did is eat that dumplings, that cheap but very delicious dumplings in, the chi- in a place in Chinatown. So yeah, thanks for that, Paula. <laughs> Sounds
0: good. Uh, Paula, um, why don't you give us a brief background about yourself and why you moved here in Melbourne?
2: Well, uh, yes, I was working in Buenos Aires. I started working in a company uh, called Avature in Buenos Aires in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been working there for some months, um, you know, just working as an account manager. Uh, it was actually my third job in IT because prior to that I had been working in logistics for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of, in a, you know, you know, just trying to get some changes because I had completely changed the focus of my career at that point. So I have moved from logistics. Ten years working in logistics, and say now now I know, now I'm working in IT, so that's great. And then I had also personally, I had also uh, separated recently. So I was like, okay, life needs to change. So I'm moving away from whatever I was doing. Now my boss was ten years younger than me. So everything was different. Mm. And then at, at that point, something else happened. I broke my knee. So oh I my- broke my knee. I broke my knee while playing soccer. So I was playing soccer uh, at work with all my coworkers. So I was, you know, going to work with my, my crutches and I was like, okay, this is, you know, this is terrible. Something needs to change. And after the, the day that I was supposed to, the, the day before I was supposed to get my knee surgery, my boss called me and said, Paula, I have to talk to you because I have something to tell you. So I said, okay, okay, Ale, what, what do you want to tell me? You know that tomorrow I'm getting my surgery. Um so I'm going to be out, so I'm not going to come to the office for a couple of days. So he said, I have a proposal for you. You know that we have an office in Australia. Yeah, yeah, I know. And do you know that we're looking for someone to work in Australia? Yeah, yeah, I know. I saw the ad. Okay. Um, so, what about you? Do you want to go? Because we need someone and we know that you're experienced and maybe you want to go. And I said, okay, I have nothing to lose. Let's go to Australia and start all over. So, that's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, it sounds
0: pretty um, serendipitous. Everything happening at the same time. Mm. And yeah, it's just like one big sign for you to move in London. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and exactly. that's just what I um, notice nowadays. If you would like to shake things up, it doesn't necessarily mean you can just move around locally in your country, but you can actually go big and go international because there's just so many opportunities around, right, Paula?
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So um, so when so definitely you you accepted that offer that was offered to you. Um, When you were doing the preparations of moving from, is it from Buenos Aires in Argentina?
2: Exactly, yes. I had always lived in Buenos Aires.
1: Yeah, so from Buenos Aires to Melbourne. um, What were the main things in your checklist? I suppose you did a lot of research beforehand in terms of like what to do. But what are the things on your to-do list while you were in Buenos Aires going to Melbourne?
2: Well, the first thing was uh, when I was going to Melbourne, the first thing was where am I going to live? Because that was my Mm. main concern. So in Buenos Aires I own the house. And so I had my own house in Buenos Aires and first thing to do in here was okay, I have to rent something, which was initially going to be rented by the company that hires me. So when coming in here, they were going to take care of that rental. The problem is that it's very hard to rent a place for someone that has never had a history of renting in here. So Mm -hmm. initially I got a rental in Airbnb, so they rented a furnished apartment for me for the for the first couple of months so that I could live in there. Uh, so that was the first thing, which was basically I got the confirmation of where I was going to live like two days before arriving. So it was oh. it was planned, but not actually that planned. Because every time that I selected a house and I said, okay, I want to live there, it was now it's already taken. Okay, so it has to get approval again. So I chose another house and it was already taken. So it was mm-hmm. super hard to actually get a house, and I started to look around. Uh, the office was in Saudiara, so I had to go and look around the surrounded neighborhoods to see, okay, where am I going to live? Maybe I'm going to live in Pram, maybe I'm going to live in Saudiara, maybe I'm going to live in Windsor. There was nothing around, so I ended up living in St. Kilda.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not a bad place to start, St. Kilda. Yeah. <laughs> Aside
1: from hey, the, house, so. Aside from the house, are there any other things on your checklist that the main things that there are are there there.
2: yeah the the other thing was the visa so getting the visa was actually uh, i got a sponsor visa which was the visa that was handled by my employer and so getting the visa was also meant that i needed to take an english exam which i hadn't for instance i studied english in high school but i never got to Mm -hmm. study english again after that and that high school i can tell you was a long time ago so i never took any other english test test and i never studied anything after that any english after that so I had to practice and take an English test again mm. after some time. So I basically I, I download a lot of mock tests and I mm-hmm. took the test just before coming so as to just so to get a good grade in my test. Mm. And that was basically the that was the other thing. The other thing was, for instance, getting a bank account. And when I was, um, which is super different from Argentina. So in right. Argentina, it's super hard to get a bank account. But they said, don't worry, once you get to Australia, just go across the street, go across the office and then we'll open the bank account in five minutes and that was it. So it was super simple. Nice. Yeah, I couldn't, a different experience.
1: <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's really easy to, to get a bank account. So you go there, they will accommodate you and then pretty much you get all things sorted after your first meeting. But I would just like to clarify one thing. Um, so you have like a working or a sponsorship visa. Is it like a working? Is it applicable? Would you know to all working visas for Australia that you need an IELTS exam right away? Because here in New Zealand, if it's a working visa, you don't need to. You just need that for residency.
2: In this case, they asked me for for an exam. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. for because I have like three different visas over this period of time. So for one of these visas, which I now I don't recall because I changed it in the middle of the process, mm. which was in. Uh, in March 2018, they changed the process for visas in this country. So they started applying for one and they actually had to switch it and move to the one that I have now, mm. which is a visa for two years and actually it's going to be renewed in the next couple of months. Right. But as part of that, they they asked me to sit for uh, for an English exam and also to provide transcripts of all my uh, all my, my studies.
0: Yeah, I think um, to answer your question, JR, um, and I agree with Paula, um, for work visas, definitely especially if you're coming from a non-native English-speaking country, you have to provide your English test results like IELTS or PTE. Um, I think that's the same with um, independent skilled visa as well um, and student visa. So practically, I think, if I'm not mistaken, for, for Australia, all sponsored visas and work visas need IELTS as well. Yeah, um... Paula, you mentioned a lot of things that you had to prepare, um, including bank accounts and finding a house. Um, Did you have to do them while you were still in Argentina or were you able to create your bank account right when you landed here? And what was the most difficult part of it all?
2: No, For instance, looking for a house, was uh, basically we did it all online. Initially, I went to an Airbnb, so that was pretty easy to set up. Uh, then the bank account also was super easy because I did literally I just took my passport, I crossed the street and I got my bank account. That was nice. I went to the nearest bank and I got a bank account. It was super easy. Um so that was it was not it was not hard any of that and basically being accustomed to being used to doing that in Buenos Aires, which is the contrary. So to actually mm-hmm. get a bank account and to rent something is super complicated.
1: And <laughs> I can I think Tina and I can relate to that because I think we're, because we're from the Philippines right which is a developing country as well so everything all processes that are in here we find them all easy <laughs> because we've <Yeah>. been tested <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so
2: because when it, i got in here it's just, just um, something to continue when i got in here they asked me i need to get the ato so i get i need to get the tfn number to right. mm-hmm. start working in here and now you can that do, you can do that over the phone which would be unthinkable
1: mm. in Argentina uh, it's yeah. also easy in here uh, almost everything you can process online
0: it's yeah fun. totally agree
1: and what did you like most about moving to the new city like well, there, is your favorite
2: well there's some things that when you are starting and you're living in a place you don't you don't get to know because it's like okay they say that Melbourne is a great place to live and um, mm-hmm. what do you see as a, why is it a great place to live so I'm going to tell you something that happened to me a couple of months after hitting Melbourne, so I was uh, I go to when I was in Buenos Aires I had a had a, a car so I would go to work by car and when I came in here I said okay no more car I actually need to do more exercise so I'm going to use my bicycle to commute to work and I'm going to go by by bicycle everywhere so I was going by coming back from work by bicycle and you know it's Melbourne and it rains every day so you know that they say it's four seasons in a day this is actually yeah. true so it, <laughs> it can rain so you see, you see the weather forecast and it says 0% chance of rain and it's raining. So I was coming back from work shortly after I had arrived and it started raining. And you know, I said, okay, it's a small rain, I can get to my house, it's not going to be a problem at all. So I was still riding my bike and it started raining harder. I said, okay, no, no worries, no worries, I'll get there. And then it started hail, but not a small oh, hail. Just no. <laughs> big rocks, big rocks coming on top of my head. And I was across Windsor, and Windsor, it, 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 someone is knows this area. Basically, there are no buildings, there's no shelter, there's nothing. Because they're all very small houses, and there, there's nowhere to stand. So I was standing underneath a very small tree that almost <laughs> has no leaves, with no protection. And I was feeling the rocks hitting in my head, hitting in my helmet. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? It's like, this is not good. And a woman was seeing me from across the street. She saw me in there, and she invited me to her house. So oh, that's a bad. random stranger invited me to her house to protect from the hail. So that's part of what you see in Melbourne. Even though it's a very big city and it has a lot of people, you still have this environment of a small town, which is a bit, a bit strange. It's a bit strange to find. So it's like that, That's super. that's super good.
0: I'd have to agree because I find the people here super nice and kind and very respectful. I mean, like, I've been here for a few months, but my experience so far, you know, people go out of their way to help you.
1: That's really nice. Yeah, because sometimes, even though how beautiful the city is, like the surroundings, the establishments, and everything, if the people are not that nice, definitely you can stay there for, for a long time, right? And yeah. And so now, my next question would be, how long did it take for you to completely adjust um, to, in Melbourne to your new city?
2: I think I haven't adjusted adjust it yet. It's like you're always getting new, understanding how the new city, how this city works. Like, I, I don't think I will ever be fully adjusted to, to the new place. It's just, a, I think it's on a daily basis. I get to do things every day, and every day I find new things, and every day I find something that is different to what I'm used to. But, or what I was used to in the past. So I think that's part of living and changing and understanding a new city. It is discovering new things every day.
1: Right. But in terms of like um, being able to connect with other people, did you find like a new set of friends in there? And if so, how did you do that?
2: Yeah, so um, there's like a, some kind of community for instance of Argentinians in here which are mm. people that I have Uh, that I have met. uh, They all live, for instance, around St. Kilda because it's a place that, you know, if you're from Argentina, you say, okay, I have to go to Australia, Australia has beaches, Melbourne doesn't, but that's the idea. And so everyone tends to go to St. Tilda. So they usually Mm. live around this area. So there's a lot of Latin American people living around here. The other thing that I do is, uh, for instance, I, I participate in a club. So I played uh, I play soccer in here, which would be soccer, I would say football. But in here they would say soccer. So I play soccer in here uh, and I participate in the club. Um, so that's part of the thing that I do and I and we go out, we go out with the with all the with all the teammates. So that's part of the activities. The other thing is um, for instance I go to I participate in dinner groups. So it, there's an app that is called Internation. So I usually gather with other people and we go out for dinners, we go out for branches and we have uh, we also go for hikes, so we have a hiking group, and we usually every 15 days we go out hiking. So that's part of the, of the things that we, <laughs> that we do, all the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, you do, you do as well.
1: Yes, and it looks like you have um, several groups, which is nice because that also <laughs> applies to me. Like, I have a group for this one. I have a group for this one. And the, the one that I can relate the most is the sports group. Believe it or not, the first time I arrived here in New Zealand, the first thing that I did is play volleyball on day one. Because I already have a friend that has, um, that has a team. And then I just joined their team right away. And they're asking me, do you already have a team because we have an upcoming tournament. They said, um, it's my day one here. And then said, it's all set, then you're part of the team. And I've been playing with them in tournaments up until now and I'm so close with them. So sports nice. and whatever hobbies or interests you are, just look for those local groups within your community. That's really a good way to network with other people and actually to be able to fully adjust in the new city that you're in.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. Um, Paula, you mentioned earlier that you joined um, a soccer club. How, the, how did you find that soccer club? Did you have to go to Facebook or yeah, friend of a friend?
2: Yeah, it was it was a bit strange because I had gone to a meetup. So I had gone to a meetup for mm. surfing because I wanted to take surf lessons because of course I'm in Australia, and I, thought I have to take surf lessons. So I went to a meetup for surfing, and when we were going to the surfing venue, it was in we went to Sea. So we went to Sea to take surfing lessons. Nice. And when I was going there, a girl was sitting next to me and we were like going together in the same car. I had never met her. And when she said something, I said, OK, she's speaking, she's speaking Spanish. Because I, I heard her accent and she was actually from Spain. So her boyfriend was playing soccer in this club. So she said, OK, next year they are, you know, they are gathering people to actually form the women's club. I said, why don't you come with me? Because we, we, got, we could be playing. She, she was asking me, if I, because we oh, because we were playing uh, soccer in the beach. After doing the surf lessons, we we started playing soccer in the beach. So she said, why don't you come and play with us in the team next year? I said, okay, let's go. So that's how I coincidentally started playing soccer, just because I met someone in a surfing trip whose boyfriend was playing soccer uh, in in this club.
0: It's amazing how things work out sometimes, right? <laughs> um, I remember like how I met my core Filipino group here. Um, I was just in a Facebook group called Pitongis in Melbourne and someone just posted about playing volleyball as well. I think sports is such a great thing yeah. to meet people, right? And someone posted about playing socials for volleyball and that's how I met um my core group of friends because one of them was playing volleyball regularly and and then he just introduced me to his other filipino friends and now we're this one massive group which meet up every every now and then well pre covid and yeah until now we're still pretty much solid but what I, I i've seen here is that sports is pretty much like a social adhesive that could help bring people together even if you don't know each other yet um just the next question would be something interesting. What were the things you didn't used to do in Argentina that you have to do now, here in Australia?
2: Well, something super brief. Uh, it's not that I didn't I didn't do it. I would say it the other way around. Something great that I discovered when I came to Melbourne that is not used in Argentina at all. It's amazing. Every house has a dishwasher. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Amazing invention ever! I have <laughs> never had a dishwasher in my life, and now I'm addicted to it. It has changed completely my life. It's like I can't believe that I was wasting all all this time <laughs> washing all the dishes. I ca- it's like I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. So that's amazing.
0: Yeah, we covered this in the second episode. You know, like <laughs> new, new, surprising ways of life that you were not used to doing in your home country, and one of those is the dishwasher. Like it's amazing. Like you, you don't even have to like spend 15 minutes doing all your place. Just put them in there and then just leave it overnight, and everything's good to go again. <laughs>
1: really interesting it's like yeah really people from developing countries will get really culture shock when you see this new technology it's actually not new (laughs) it's been there for a while for them but yeah it's it's already ingrained in their daily lives but for us like what dishwasher are you talking about
0: (laughs) yeah I even had to ask my housemates how to use it embarrassingly you know but like (laughs) uh, how how do you because there are like a lot of buttons and there are a lot of things in the dials like So, which one do I press? (laughs) Those are the things that we have to orient on my first few days here.
1: Yeah. So, lastly, Paula, um, top advice in terms of what do you think are the top three or top two most important things people need to organize and settle upon moving to a new country?
2: Um, specifically, I want to mention one thing for Melbourne. So after I finished my period of actually living in an Airbnb, I had to look for a proper house. And looking for a proper house in Melbourne and say, okay, where am I going to live? It's a very competitive, and the way in which you look for a house in Melbourne is super shocking, at least from my perspective. And the whole process of looking for a house, where you have to go, settle an appointment, you have to go and watch the house, you have five minutes to get into a house where someone is actually living, tour around, and you, you have just peeking into, I don't know, into the, uh, into the dress robe of someone and actually looking at the clothes that are in there. And every, <laughs> and the person is sitting and everyone's walking around. There are 20 people inside of the apartment. Um, so that, that's super strange. And then you have to complete a lot of forms okay, and you have to do that online and you have to do it super fast because the house will go out of the market. So I, I had some doubts at some point and I, it took me, I don't know, a day to complete everything and I lost the houses. So mm. that, that's part of the things that you have to that you have to consider when you are actually looking for a house the market is super it's very competitive and you have to keep all your documents ready before you actually start looking
0: yeah um, I could totally relate to that because when I first found out about my visa being granted the first thing I did was to find a house as well um, Ideally for me I would get Melbourne with somewhere to stay already and I had to jump into flatmates.com to find. A house for myself and I didn't know it was possible before but I contacted seven different houses and they actually accommodated to my request of doing a Skype um, ocular um, some of them said that it was their first time doing that but I didn't really expect that that would be possible but yeah they turned me around the house uh, virtually um, showed me the room and stuff and yeah I, I just picked the house right then and there and the moment I landed here, I already had a house as well. But I, I agree with Paul, it could be competitive sometimes. So yeah, you have to
1: really look. Everything's so efficient.
0: Yeah, everything's <laughs> efficient. Yeah, ev- that's yeah what really
1: that means everything will be gone fast if you're slow, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Anything
2: else to add, Paula? No, I think that that's it. There's like a lot of things to do in here, um, in Melbourne at least. There are a lot of activities. So if you, have, if you are looking just a bit, Everywhere you look, there's activities. Even now, during the during the during this during this lockdown, um, so even now during the lockdown, my activity, even though it's not local to Merkel, I have a, a fitness app and I'm doing exercise every day just to keep fit. Since I cannot go to play soccer, yeah, I'm just trying to keep myself fit by doing exercise daily. Wow. What
0: about you, Jr? Do you have any any top tip for our listeners?
1: Um, definitely, um, check out Melbourne. <laughs> it's really a good city. And of course, go to come to New Zealand. Um, things to prepare, aside from everything that Paul has said, um, proper mindset and proper reflection, I suppose. Um, it's, it, it's one thing to be ready with all your papers and all the other things that you need to prepare. It's another thing to prepare yourself mentally and emotionally because things can get challenging on those aspects as well. Meet up with all your friends, go to, for all those despedida and goodbye and bon voyage um, parties. And yeah, and make sure that you get all their contacts and updated so that you can still get to talk to them while you're already, nice. while you're still adjusting in your new city.
0: Mm, cool. For me, I think, um, there, as J.R. said, there are administrative things like the banks, which you could already do while you're still in your home country. You just need to do online application. Everything is so efficient. You just need to show up once you're in Australia and just provide your verification IDs and stuff. Um, also the house but as well as um, developing your core group of people here in your new city you know don't hesitate to join Facebook groups um, in the case of Melbourne for Filipinos it's been nice in Melbourne and people they're so nice and they're willing to go out of their way to help you um, join internations or um, online clubs like that meetups.com just be just wear your friendly hat and be open to meeting new people in your new city. And I think you'll have a blast afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, um, thank you so much, uh, Paula, for your time today. Certainly, we enjoyed all your lovely insights uh, about moving to Melbourne. And, you know, we really find your tips very helpful, especially for our
1: listeners. Did you enjoy your guesting, Paula? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank thanks you. Thanks for very... inviting me. Oh, no worries. Thank you. Yeah. And to our Kabeshis, thanks for listening. Hope you join us on our next episodes. And please don't forget to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages findinganswers.anzers.
0: And for comments, suggestions, and feedback, please send us an email at finding.answers at gmail.com and add us up on our socials. We're on Instagram at finding.answers. And on Facebook at Finding Answers.
1: (laughs) Join us again in Episode 5. This is Finding Answers with JR. And Tina. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. Bye.